this week on Dice Boys. Um, okay, well, do you do trivia, Brett? I feel like you you would do very well at that. I will say I've done it once here, but in San Diego, I used I went to this place a couple times. Three time champ. All your guys, three time champ. Yeah, oh, like three in a row, three in a row. Oh, like you went three times in one. Yes. Okay. And then he retired. But what do you mean by sorry? When you say I, champ, yeah, you when see you see my champ, I'm sort of like, like here's your piece of paper like, that says you did a great job on it from this bar. Like, did you actually go to no, like, you a you like, like a huge gift certificate? Yeah, or like free drinks. They had a couch for the table that you had to sit at. Yeah, I don't know. They give you Dumb. free shots. Free so food. bottle service. So you won at a bar a couple of times. We're talking like 10 tables, though. Like, fucking brought it. Wow. <laughs> My team fucking crushed it. All <laughs> right, so what do you win? Oh, gift Hashtag certificate. Gambit. Okay, that's pretty cool. You can sit on this couch. Okay, could have done that at home. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they had a really dope fish tank. Also, here's your honorary. <laughs> here's your honorary degree from Northwestern, yeah. too. It's a very mixed bag. Hey, everyone, Blake here. Uh, thanks so much for listening to Dice Boys again this week. I can't tell you how excited I am for what's coming up, and I'm just. I'm just really, really enthused that you all are here with us, uh, listening along and hanging out. So, um, season two was pretty, pretty hefty. So let's do a good, solid recap on uh, on where our characters are and, and get right into it. Uh, when we were last with the members of the organization of the Black Goblet, they were eager to wrap up their quest for the Numos Harp and leave behind the zombie dwarf infested Woestone Hall. They made their way to the vault where they did find the coveted instrument, as well as a bunch of other stuff, uh, including a massive hunk of veinstone, which is a rare magical rock with the ability to harness and convey magical energy. Also, uh, to the DM's dismay, uh, Dodge kicked off what would prove to be an episode full of amazing rolls from the players and rolled a 100 on a D100 treasure roll acquiring some winged boots. With the harp in hand, the heroes left Woestone Hall and began the journey back to Clifftide. While on the road, Alok continued the trend of hot rolls, rolling a nat 20 on his performance roll to play the Numos harp. This summoned a strange collective vision for the characters, wherein they were confronted with a mysterious young woman and an obsidian-armored young man with a sword made of bone. Immediately after snapping out of this magical, musically-induced hallucination, the characters were approached by Andrika, who appeared out of the Dark Woods and eventually threatened to kill Judas if they didn't give her the harp. Unfortunately for her, though, the hot rolls from the players kept coming and multiple 20s were rolled for initiative, Andrika's futile fate was finally sealed when Yon-Yon pulled out his arc lock wand and capped off the most insane rolling streak ever with a critical hit from a level 3 witch bolt. So Andrika was shortly defeated after that, and a heavy-hearted party continued back to Clifftide. But as they were mere steps from their front stoop, they were stopped by the town guard led by Sheriff Sepp. What does Sheriff Sepp want? Will the characters comply, or will their innate penchant for shenanigans get them into bloody trouble? 
Let's find out. Yeah, I can't believe I get to say this. Let's head down to the basement, sit at the table, and roll some dice. The five of you, along with Judas, find yourselves stopped in the road just at just just outside your headquarters in Clifftide. In front of you is a small contingent of the town guard who stare at you, stone-faced and still. Their seriousness is kind of juxtaposed by the the jester-like appearance of Sheriff Sepp, who uh, in her ill-fitting clothes and her frumpy overcoat and her unkempt hair and just overall state of disarray, she's, she's just lit a cigar, seems to be amused, disproportionate to the, the potential intensity of this moment. The horses of the town guard kind of shuffle slightly and a cool pre-fall breeze blows a little skittering of leaves across the road and Sheriff Sepp exhales a large cloud of smoke from her cigar, quickly camouflages with the cold gray sky. She kind of waves the cigar around, just says, uh, so I just I just wanted to ask you uh, a, a couple questions. I, I was hoping to go inside and, and, and to remind you, I I do have this warrant here and, uh, but, but it, it looks like you're, uh, you're just getting back from somewhere and uh, you got a she kind of gestures with a cigar at your wagon. She got a, you got a wagon load of uh, rocks or something there. So, uh, oh, it's not rocks. Um, so uh, this won't this won't take long. We can just uh, we can just get this done real quick, uh, and then uh, you all can go. You can go about your business, and um, just you know this will this will go faster uh, if we just don't try and all talk over each other. Huh? And she nods at her right-hand man, this tall, blonde-haired human with this big sword and piece of hay coming out of his teeth, who, along with another guard, begin escorting Judas away. This guard says, Don't want to just a conversation, man. Just um, talk between friends, man. Is everything okay? I didn't... I mean, we're, we're just getting back. We've done nothing wrong, Dupas. Don't be afraid. <laughs> says, yeah, we didn't... We, we did everything. Sheriff we did good stuff. Sheriff Sepp, was it? She says, yeah, yeah, um, hold on. She like, starts patting her coat, patting her clothes like she's looking for something and just keeps patting and says, um, um, and she can't seem to find whatever it is. And then eventually she ah, pulls out a little notepad, flips it open and starts, let's see here. Um, okay, yeah, and starts flipping through some pages, squinting at it. And then she starts patting again, pulls out some eyeglasses. Are you okay? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm just, I misplaced all my, uh, I seem to have... Do you want to find my? Do you want to go inside? No, or? no, it's that's very kind of you, sir. Very kind of you. But um, uh, oh, here we go. And then she pulls out what all of us would recognize as like a, a clicky ballpoint pen, but in this world, you know, everyone uses a feather and quill or whatever. Not me. Yeah. So this is the first clicky ballpoint <laughs> pen that has ever existed. Yeah. <laughs> and so she's still got this stub of a cigar, which at this point is kind of burnt out in between two fingers. And now she's got her spectacles that she's looking over at the end of her nose and she's kind of squinting and flipping through and says, uh, yeah, this will only take a second. And she clicks the pen and I need you all to make a wisdom saving throw. Yon Yon, would you roll? 14. Okay. A-lock? 16. Okay. Matthias? Eight. Okay. Four. Dodge, four. Okay. And Biggle with advantage gets... Oh, God. Two fours. Actually, <laughs> I revised that. It was a ten. I uh, forgot. Okay. So I rolled an eight. 
Okay, so everyone other than Alok is under the effect of the Zone of Truth spell. She looks at you all over her spectacles like nothing even happened. She says, let's see, uh, where uh, where are you all coming from? And uh, how long were you there? Oh, we're coming from the Woestone estate. Um, oh, yeah. We were probably there for two, two days, yeah, maybe? two days. Yeah, I'd rate it probably two stars. You know, it wasn't. Two it stars. was habitable. Two but stars, it was I see. Yeah. Special. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, um, to get there, you would have had to travel for a bit. So, so you weren't in Clifftide um, three nights ago. No, no, definitely not. Definitely not. And is 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 there anyone that can uh, cor- corroborate that? Uh, well, yeah, um, I, I can't tell a lie, so yeah. <laughs> Says the only guy who can. That's great. I mean, uh, 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 so the, the ones that you took from us, uh, the, the um, awkward man, uh, the ones that's talking. <laughs> I mean, Judas was with us. Yes, he, he was with us. He's not uh, an associate of ours. I wouldn't even call him someone that we a like. Friend? Oh, yes. yeah, yeah, definitely no. not a friend of ours. Mr. Livingston, yes, okay, of course. Um, uh, and she starts flipping through her book and she looks at you, Yon Yon, and says, uh, Yon Yon. And um, and then looks at you, Biggle, and says, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Biggle, goodbyes. Yep. This is this is uh, your your establishment here. That is correct. And you uh, you you both met. Uh, and she flips through some more and says, you met at the Sasorian State Academy for the Arcane Arts. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, the Badgers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, go Badgers. That's right. Yeah. Uh, she says, uh, y- Yon Yon, what was? What was your area of, of study there, sir? Um, I wouldn't say there was really an area. I wasn't very good at uh, your typical types of magic, I would say. So uh, they didn't really have a place for me, and that was why I was discharged. Ah, <laughs> ah I see. Um, yes. I, um, so it, it, are you still interested in the... Uh, would you say you're still Unconventional interested? Unconventional sorcery? In- yes. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just straight... Straight face. That's great. Oh, that's okay. Okay, and um, unconventional sorcery, and she writes that down. That sounds interesting. Um, and you, Mister, uh, Mister, so. Mister Goodbyes. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You, uh, you were also there. Uh, what was what, what was your what was your area? Well, it's hard to say specifically uh, mm-hmm. because you know I did change my major quite a few times. As you do, trying to figure out your path in oh, life. Oh, of you course, know. I know. Uh, you know, my family—they wanted me to go into a particular field, but after pursuing that route, I decided, you know, this isn't for me, Biggle, and <laughs> I had to, you know, make some changes. And you know, I wasn't really happy with my life. So. Can I just real quick, just <laughs> boss? I really didn't know any of that about you. Well, you never asked. <laughs> I just want to interrupt you. You seem nervous. And it's. I'm this a, is, I'm I'm a nervous just, person. Okay. I would say generally. Uh, he really is. And uh, so, okay. Well, that's. And, uh, just. I'm just get, making sure my facts are right here. Um, you both left before your recruitment year. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, which. Uh, which would have been. Your recruitment year would have been. She's looking through her book. Oh. Well, that's interesting. That would have. Uh, that would have been this year, huh? Um. And then you both together. I'm sorry, what year was that? Um, that, that would have been this year. Happy anniversary, <laughs> <laughs> uh, You both I've together came here uh, to start uh, this business here. Yes, the organization of the Black Goblin. Mm-hmm. Sorry, sometimes it's, it's so hard <laughs> to say really, it sometimes in a serious way. You're leaning really into the zone of truth here. Uh, and did, did you have 
did you have any startup capital on this, uh, or, or investment funds on this business? I mean, some pennies here and there that we had saved over our mm-hmm, years. Mm-hmm. Small jobs. No one else kind of funding you from behind. You just came in with what little bit you had. That's a, that's an admirable thing. I mean, I yeah. wish we could have had some outside funding, but yeah. that wasn't in the cards. I mean, we're in the, you know, Look at our pot space. of town. I mean, Look at our space. A broken fucking window. Oh yes, from the rat folk. I, I, I'm again so sorry about that. We're look, we're looking into it. And uh, these gentlemen here, these are these are your employees. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, we have. And she looks at you, Matthias, and she says, uh, and, and flips through her book, looks over her spectacles again, kind of squints and says, uh, Matthias, and looks at you, Alok, and says, Alok, and looks at you, Dodge, and says, uh, Doge. Yeah, that'll work. <laughs> Uh, okay, great. Uh, and uh, um, Mr. Doge, sir, um, <clears throat> do you do you have any family in town here? Sir? No, no, I can't say that I do. Um, and how long have you been in Clifftide? Well, I mean, you know. That's an answer. That's hard to say. And, and as as you're talking to her, she's she's kind of she starts bending over and like tilting to the side, and you can tell that she's looking at your feet, like almost face down at your feet. Oh yeah, and, these things. And yeah. she's uh she said, "Would these you?" Nice. As she's looking at them, she's like, "Would you uh, would you say you would enjoy it here, sir?" And she's kind of circling around you, looking at your feet. Uh, would you say you enjoy it? Enjoy the uh, the atmosphere of the town. This, the scenery, you yeah. know, the various offerings. These boots, yeah, I like them quite a bit. Thank you for noticing them. They, they are, they are nice boots. Um, uh, are you a fan of wine, sir? I'm a fan of drinking it. That's great. You know, um, Lord Swordfern has an extensive cellar. I'm not very sure. impressive. <laughs> okay. Um, I was just, I, I only bring it up because the boots so nice, and the, he's got the nice wine. And the other day, uh. You know, I got to see it for myself. Uh, now, I, I don't know the first thing about what's good or not. They all taste the same to me. Yeah, uh, me and you both. But, uh, you know, he'd reached out to us because some some particularly fine bottles went missing from his collection. Uh, a real shame. He got, he's got a lovely house up on the north end there. Um, you had a chance to visit that neighborhood yet? I mean, you know what? You see what kind of places I travel in. I don't really... You know, I stick to cheap wine mostly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, uh, and she's still just kind of just bent down. That's not really. At I don't really run in those type of circles, as you might imagine. Yeah. Um, I, I ha- I'm sorry. I'm I'm really distracted. I have to ask. Where did you get these boots? These are. Oh, we were just up at the uh, the old dwarven mines there, and uh, may I may I look? May I, may I, may I give them a good look? Uh, I mean, sure. I, I mean, I saw you flying in. I. Yeah. I bet you, uh, I don't know. I bet you could at least reach a rooftop with those. I imagine or, you I know, might be able to do that, yeah. A second story window. Something like that. <laughs> if, you know, if you lock your keys out of your house. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm, am I being accused of something? I, I'm not oh, sure. Oh, no. I'm, did I give that impression, sir? I'm. No, we're just... We're just talking. Of course we yeah. are. She gesticulates with her cigar and kind of bumps it on your chest, Alok, and gets this ash all over your sweatshirt that uh, your wife, Elle, had made for you. And she says, oh, oh, I'm so, oh, and just starts patting at you, patting uh, at you. Oh, I'm so sorry, sir. I'm all over your nice. Uh, it's out. It's out. Oh, what is this? This is a sweater <laughs> with a hood? No sleeves? Yeah, uh, oh. it's, um... Oh, that's nice. 
That's it's that's nice. That's cotton. very soft. It's cotton. Uh, where did you get such a thing? Um, it was a gift. Oh, from who? Oh, um, from a friend. <laughs> <laughs> that's great, Mazel Tov. We met before. I, that's right. I, I'm remembering now. We met before out here in the road after. The, you have a good memory. The unfortunate incident with the rat folk and the window and the dumpster. A-lock. A-lock. That's right. Um, do you have family in town here, sir? Yeah. Yeah, I do have family. That's great. And uh, where did you move here from? Um, well, you know, I've been a lot of places. I, I think uh, last place I, I came from was... Um, I'm from the town of uh, uh, Silver Trunk. Silver Trunk? I'm... Hmm. I, I haven't been there. Uh, is it a big city? Um, not really. It's um, it's a small place uh south of here. Okay. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, if you walk south, um, and then like a little left, and then straight some more, you probably find it. She looks confused and and surprised and pleasantly surprised, and she says, "Ah, I guess I uh, have a." Vacation destination in the future for me. You know, I've got my retirement coming But, up. you know, like, I've been here probably a while. Oh, yeah. And what do you, uh... <laughs> <laughs> probably a while. Wow. Oh, uh, uh, in, in, in this while that you've been here, what would you say you do for these gentlemen here? Oh, for these gentlemen? Mm -hmm. Um, well, you know, I, I provide a service. <laughs> and in, in this service that you provide, did you do this in the previous town... Silver trunk? Did you say it? silver? I, what was yeah, it? it was silver trunk. Okay. Uh, I think, and then. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, that's that's great. Um, does, the, uh, does the sight of blood scare you, sir? Um, my own blood or other people's blood? <laughs> right answer. <laughs> oh, I just I just ask because there's there's a little blood on your. On your nice sweater shirt thing. Oh no, um, no, that's just berries. That's just berries. Berries. Oh yes, lots of wonderful berries. I'm a, berries uh, I have a sweet tooth. Yes. Uh, oh, you know me too. Uh, and 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 then you, sir. She looks at you, Matthias. Uh, of uh, Matthias, correct? Yes, this is correct. Uh, and then do you by do you by chance have a license to practice law in the city? You're not in trouble. I'm just no, uh, no. I, I'm I, just but, curious. I, I, I only know of. I do not have a license to practice law in the city, but from what I understand of the municipal, uh, uh, judis pro prudence, judis, judis, no, jurisprudence of the area is that uh, you don't necessarily need to have a license to practice, but as long as you know the law, she's you staring can, at you very quizzically, like she's. You're, as you keep talking, she's just staring at you quizzically, like she's not even listening to you. Do do I have something on my shirt? Is this a problem for you? Like, I, I'm sorry. I, you look, you look familiar. Uh, there's, there's no possible way. I mean, aside from the meeting we had a week ago. Uh, do, have you ever been to Goldbridge, the city of Goldbridge? That is where I grew up. Ah, I'm just. Bringing it up because I was I, I I practiced there for a while and uh, oh, there's a, there's a there's a group of radicals based out of there that I used to kind of follow in my in my younger years. So, so were you a policing. member of these radicals? Or? No, no, I was. Uh, you I was said actually, you followed them, so I, I just wondered if you were. Uh, 
like a member of them or a friend or they were they were assigned to me as a police case. Oh yeah, so you yeah. were still part of the oppressors at that point, because it's correct. I suppose <laughs> that's an interesting way of putting it. Well, I mean, it's true, though. I mean, and you've come here to gold or uh, to our uh, Clifftide, and you've done nothing good. I mean, the the rat folks that came in here. Wh- what have you done for them? I mean, they're obviously a problem, and we are dealing with it <laughs> on the ground. We have to kill them. But what opportunities are you giving the rat folk? Are you rehabilitating <laughs> them? This is very poor law enforcement, if you ask me. Now, from what I understand, I mean, I'm just being truthful here, but there's so many opportunities for you to uh, bring in these lower class folks. But the problem is you're up in your ivory tower and you just do not come down to the floor and see what's the reality. I wish that I lived in an ivory tower, but that is (laughs) certainly not the case. That was a figure of speech. uh, Yes. I'm sorry. I'm just... I think your mind maybe works a little faster than mine. Um, uh, would you say you're comfortable with nature? As comfortable as one could be with the power of the world that mm-hmm. comes from the ground. Yes, yes. Comfortable. Oh, that's interesting. What about the unnatural? As in like like strange m- beasts, metals and... and uh... Strange beasts, aberrations, like... Uh... And then all of a sudden you hear from down the street where this other officer has taken Judas, you just hear Judas yell, No! No! He's like a kid throwing a tantrum, like slamming his fists into the chest of this cop, restraining him a little bit as he's just having this emotional tantrum. She says, Oh, we're, we're, we're almost done here anyway. Um, uh, Just just to, to conclude, did you know, she looks at you, Yon Yon, she says, did you know the dwarf Amadeus? Yes, of course. And uh, he hired us to do a job for him. Um, and you were the last to see him alive. Yes, he just appeared into a painting. Yes, oh, a, new, a painting. That's interesting. And then you just hear you, Judas is just the, the yelling is increasing. He, he's getting louder and more emotional. And uh, she says, "Are you aware that there was a theft at the Amadeus estate shortly after you left town, allegedly?" And she looks kind of at the wagon as she says this. I mean, how could we be aware of it if we were out of town? Oh, of course, that, I'm, my mistake, my mistake. And, um, well, and what was your relationship with the bard, uh, Koskahava? Let, I, have, I have a piece of uh, a question about the Amadeus estate. Oh, I'm sorry, there seems to be a confusion. Um, I'm actually the one asking the questions right now. And she says again, what was your relationship with the bard, Koskahava? I can see this is just, this was bad timing. You mean timing. the confessor? Yes, that's that was his I, his stage name, I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, I have a lot of his albums, not the fourth one, because I didn't think it was that good, but it it had the cost touch, you know. Elak, Elak, please. <laughs> yes, we he had us to do a job. Ah, he hired you. Okay, well, it says <clears throat> it's just a strange coincidence, is all. As you were uh, you were the last ones to see Amadeus alive, and now you're the last ones to see Koskahava alive. Uh, I just, I think that's... Wait, what? Wait, what? Wait, what? Wait, what? I, just, I just think it's interesting is all. Wait, are you trying to tell me that Koss is dead? In the moments and days that follow your encounter here with Sheriff Sepp, you learn about what happened to Koskahava, sort of. 
the story goes as follows. A few days ago, Amethyst Clint was making her rounds, cleaning and servicing the rooms at the Dragon Turtle Inn. As she approached the room where this well-known bard was staying and she knew she was supposed to keep it a secret, she should have known something was wrong when she saw that the door, which was slightly ajar, looked as though it had been tampered with. But she definitely knew something was wrong when she opened the door and saw all the blood. Clifftide law enforcement was quick to arrive and close off the scene, but the rumors spread more quickly and they ran the gamut from the simple to the spectacular, to the sexual, to the conspiratorial. One thing is for sure, and you know, and you would know this because uh, Sheriff Seth would confirm it with you, Biggle, after you had asked if Koss was dead. This is right before she parts ways with you. Uh, she would tell you that uh, no bodies were found in the room. Another thing you learn, or rather get confirmation on, is that there was indeed a break-in at the Amadeus estate. What exactly was stolen, you don't know, and if Sheriff Sepp knew, uh, she certainly didn't tell you. But there is now a round-the-clock watch put on the estate uh, as it is being remodeled into the museum that Amadeus had intended when he donated it to the city. Lastly, due to the news regarding costs, Judas has vanished from Clifftide. For some inexplicable reason, he apparently didn't feel close enough with you all to say goodbye, so. Bye. <laughs> uh, in, in light of all this information, it just kind of in the wake of the the physical, emotional slog fest that was the quest for the Numos Harp, we're just gonna take a moment. I just wanna know, Blake the DM wants to know, I think listeners wanna know, how are your characters feeling? How have they changed? What, if anything, have they been up to following this encounter with Sheriff Sepp? And we're gonna start with uh, Dodge. You. You you won the you won, you pulled the short straw, <laughs> so you you have to you have to go first. What's Dodge been up to? Dodge has been keeping a low profile, not as much of the uh, gallivanting around the city. He I've just been like waking up late, going out to my favorite uh, little breakfast spot, you know, getting some eggs and toast on a balcony, and just kind of. Trying to keep my paranoia in check, trying to stay in places like where I feel comfortable, but that are also kind of easy for me to watch my back and notice if people are following me or noticing me too much. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay. And moving into third level, Dodge is taking the thief route. I like the idea of like what you said about him just kind of like being more aware of who's watching him or who's not. Like, I like the idea of that being kind of how his character develops his thieving skills not so much through like the actual act of thieving as much as through like ratcheting up your ability to be aware matthias what's matthias been up to matthias is shook by sheriff set bringing up the extremist group in Goldbridge. i think for matthias his move to go away from that into the woods and kind of find himself but failing at it he gained purpose with going out and like getting one with the land again, but okay. now he is getting drug back into acumen that he had in the city. So Matthias is going to spend the next couple days reacquainting himself with Clifftide, realizing that the woods might not be where he needs to be, but he I has love this. a skill. This is great. 
So you're gonna be able to, you're gonna be able to cast higher level spells, and I love I love that this is the way that this is kind of happening. Like you're expanding your horizons in terms of your awareness of the world, what its legitimacy is. I like to envision a moment where you're intentionally not walking in the woods, and you're walking in the city instead. At some point, a seagull comes and lands right at your feet, hops around in front of you, and then jumps up and flies a few feet away, lands again, looks at you. The secret is that you could tell. The secrets that you hear. This is something I would like to know. And he will kind of saunter his way toward the center of the city and in a dark corner turn into a rat and scurry okay. along and kind of follow for the next couple hours just like city guard watching their patrols. He'll kind of follow drunken revelers as they come out of the breweries. And he's he's uh -huh. kind of using the skills that he gained in the woods, like the observational skills, the like the sense the, of presence. Yeah, the awareness of the world around him. And mm -hmm. he'll bring I'm that a in, theme here. Yeah, yeah. Into the city. Where he is now using his animal skills to track people and track ideas Ooh, as he that's so tracks through and is fine is trying to like understand how this though unnatural mm -hmm. place works in a natural way awesome i love it a lock obviously you have your family and you're going back to l your wife and mia your daughter at the uh Renob bed and breakfast you asshole uh, <laughs> uh ran by wilford and bessie Renob. we've established in canon family name <laughs> Uh, wait. Is, it a, wait, is it a chain? No, it's not a <laughs> chain. No, 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 not no. yet. <laughs> like, <laughs> like Sherry's. A little hard-earned money, man. Once we buy that place, it'll be a chain. This place is a little run down. It was at one time like mm -hmm. the bee's knees of the town. Mm -hmm. Right. What's Alok's deal right now? Alok's really sad right now. Finding out about Koss. He's a huge fan. Felt a huge connection with him when yeah, he met him. That makes sense. Yeah. And uh, I think for a few days he spends it at home with his family, mm -hmm. not wanting to go out. Mm -hmm. Also, a little wary of the sheriff asking so many questions. Mm -hmm. And so he kind of wants to keep a low profile, but he's also, he wants to be inside and be with his family. He's been away for a long time. I think it's great. Yeah. And so I think he spends a few days playing some like cost covers you know like in his trying room. trying to learn some some of the confessor yeah. jams and looking up the tabs <laughs> <laughs> sorry what are you looking up what are you looking them up on <laughs> how do you what do you how, yeah, how do you how are you doing this please elaborate fantasy google explain it to us honestly though um i don't know no, no, um, no, it's great. I definitely see that you would spend time with this harp. I mean, you I, had a, a profound moment with it. Yeah, I'm definitely plucking it, maybe just like looking at it a bunch, keeping it close. I haven't, I didn't give it back to the bosses. It just felt weird um, with a sheriff there, with a sheriff there. So I took it home, holding onto it for safekeeping for now. I, I just keep looking at it, thinking of the song that I saw Koss playing at the beach. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I want to try to learn it like note for note as I remember it in my mind because that's kind of how Alok learns the music by feel by ear right 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 totally not classically totally. trained or anything yeah, great I like I like seeing a little scene in my head where maybe you're putting your kid to sleep I, I think right. I think Mia, yeah, yeah I think Mia is 
uh, hearing me play a lot of this music, and I because it was such had such an impact on me, mm-hmm. I want to share it with her, and maybe I'll I'll teach her. Maybe she has like she plays. Her oh own god, instrument. I love yeah, I love the little fucking tableau of like you with the harp on your lap and her on your lap, and like wrapping your arms around her, and, like telling her where to put her fingers. Yeah, and yeah, even well, though yeah, yeah, even though. It's not like you're a master harpist. No, no, not uh, at all. Yeah, but like I love, I love the idea. I'm of able to figure it out. Your family being the, like part of your impetus and your process for learning this instrument and your familiarity with it. I think that at one point, because you're playing a fighter, you're going to experience some mastery in the future with fighting. The way that I envision this happening is that at some point. Wilford and Bessie will come to you, basically ask you a tree, an old rotted tree on their property has fallen over in the recent storm. And they ask you to take care of it. I think in the process of doing that, you hacking at this thing and breaking it down for firewood and whatnot. And I think at some point you hack it down and you have a chunk of it. It's like one of those Kung Fu practice stands. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Totally, yeah. <laughs> like Jackie Chan in Rumble, Rumble in the Bronx. In the Bronx. Yeah. yeah, man. Classic. I love it. <laughs> uh, and you set this thing up in the backyard, like, or like maybe off in the woods or something, or somewhere where Mia can like hang out with you and play and run around and play while you can hack at this thing and like, that's your arm. That's your head. Ooh, I just got you with my sword. Uh, You know, like you can, you can, 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 wait, 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 wait. can we get a lock uh, RPing that please? Can you hit me with a couple of those? A couple of you working out sounds. And that's your head. And, uh, And, uh, yeah, you're on the ground. Feet. <laughs> oh, man, why are we not videotaping any of this? <laughs> your, <laughs> your, your physicality was on point. I feel like you, Brett, actually know Kung Fu. That's awesome. That's great. I'm going to say that you do d- develop a connection with this harp. And where that's going to go, we'll see. But I, I think that you all are aware, obviously, that it's capable of something magical. For whatever reason, Alok, you're unable to unlock this right now. But you do feel like you are bonding with it and it is bonding with you. And that may because of the context in which you are learning it. Uh, Biggle, what have you been doing since we got back? Bunch of cool shit. <laughs> of course. First of all, Biggle has been really freaked out by how much information other people know about what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Sheriff Sepp freaked out about these weird boxes that they found that have our logo ostensibly so, on yeah, them-ish. So, yeah. How like bothered everyone else was about that, mm-hmm. feeling like I was coming under fire. So Biggle's a little paranoid. Mm-hmm. So he spends the next couple days like locking down the fort. Starting with my room, I take all the locks and contraptions off the door and I rebuild all of them. (laughs) (laughs) The windows also. Yeah, that's great. From there, I slowly work down towards the front of the house. I'm talking straight like Home Alone style traps (laughs) everywhere. Uh, Yeah, I'm booby trapping the windows. I'm booby trapping the cellar. I'm booby trapping the back door, the front door, the windows. Everything is like alarmed and rigged. Okay. In the meantime, when I need to take a break, I'm going back to my room and locking myself in there. And mm-hmm. I'm 
tinkering with these dragonfly. Yeah, the things you got out of the crate. So yeah. this is like relief for me. This that's my relaxation. So I'm in this paranoid state. I'm freaked out about all, all these things. I'm like thinking about them while I'm arming the house, and then to relax, I'm going back into my workshop, and I'm trying to figure out what the hell these things are because they're super cool. They're really delicate, and they're way better than anything I could have ever made. Okay, so let's let's do this. Mm-hmm. You just got done with a, a few hours of trap making mm-hmm. at the HQ. So you go back to your workroom and you have these things and you're sitting on your stool looking at them on the bench. Why don't you roll an insight check? Uh, that's a 15. Okay. Yeah. So you see on these things is basically an on off switch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to turn that switch on. So you turn the switch on on mm-hmm. one of them. Mm-hmm. And immediately you see that these little tiny claws mm-hmm. that are underneath kind of clamp down tight. And then it just literally beelines toward a particular corner of your room and just, yeah, just flies right past your head. <laughs> and it's, it's just slamming into the corner. Hey, come back here. I'm looking for like a broom or a bag or anything. Uh, uh, get over here. Um, uh, and and I'm grabbing my chair and I'm grabbing like a stool and I'm screeching it across the floor. Yeah. It's climbing up on top of the stool, trying to grab it inside of a mm-hmm. burlap sack. Okay. Great. Yeah. You are eventually able to get it into this sack and it's flying against the sack itself. Like it's trying to get somewhere and you're holding it in this sack. Help. Help. Yayan, help. I, I need you to help me. I'm st- I'm stuck. I need you to help me. I can't get down. Well, well Biggle, you know I can't get inside. You have all these um, fucking okay, complex um, locks everywhere. Okay, listen to me. You're the only me. ones that can open the no, door. No, listen to me. Listen to me. Uh, okay, look to the left of the door. You'll see um, You'll see a circle. Uh, push the circle. There's like six circles. Which okay. Uh, <laughs> do you mean okay. a, a circle? Uh, one, two, three, four, seven, two. The, the third one uh, from the bottom. Oh, okay. Uh, I'll push it in. Okay. Okay, and now uh, the top one. Hurry, push it. Wait, wait with the top what? The, the top, top button. <laughs> okay, I'll click the top button. And now the bottom one. There's like eight on the bottom. What do you mean? Just push it. I'll <laughs> just push a random button. I okay. Guess. And then yeah. you hear the gears start. Yeah. And the door slides open. Okay. And I'm standing on the top of a chair, like one yeah. tiptoe on he the has, stool. What, what do you want me to do? I want you to help me. I can't get down. Like, well, let go of the fucking sack. No, I don't want to break it. Do, do you want me to grab you or the sack? Just get me off of here. <laughs> I'll grab his little legs. Okay. I don't know, trying to pull him down. You're going to grab him by the legs? <laughs> that is the most unideal way to grab a person. I don't know. Why are you making this so <laughs> difficult, dude? <laughs> you grab him yeah, and yeah, you I bring him down. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) Jesus. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. This thing is fucking cool. Did you turn that thing on? Yeah, I turned it on. You want to see? All right. Yeah. And it flies against the corner of the room. And then all of a sudden it stops and flies out the door. God damn it. And then it starts slamming into the front window of HQ. Or the, the boarded up window. Uh, 
So you guys, you're just gonna leave it, just gonna leave it going. No, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go try to get it and turn it off. Okay. Yeah, you can do that eventually. Yon Yon, what have you been up to? Yon Yon's always been fascinated with that, you know, line between life and death, and I think that was presented to him a lot in this adventure. Like he saw the ghost, he saw zombies, he saw a lot of stuff that was like not where it should be, and so. I think he's really just focusing on what that looks like and what that means. Like, he's not really worried about this quote-unquote imposter that's, like, coming or, like, this potential, like, doppelganger situation that's happening. Like, he figures that that'll play itself out eventually. Like, he's just still more focused on, like, his studies and really trying to break that, like, fourth wall. Like, how do I get to this place or how do I pull from this place? Right. Yeah, it sounds like uh, it sounds like you're kind of just like moving through moving through life while uh, and and just kind of going through the basics of life and just like being there, but also mm-hmm. that like there's a huge part of your brain that's in a different area. Yeah, thinking about like this stuff. Yeah, focusing on like how do I I don't know like how do I beat death like how do I look it in the face like how do I get there? At some point, uh, as the days go by. You find yourself in your your dank little shitty dirty basement room. You have gone into your elven reverie. You're like kind of four hours of meditative sleep or whatever, and you come out of that reverie at what you would what we would all think of as like, like three in the morning or something. And you're in your whatever Yon Yon's meditative state, naked, like phys- physical. Yeah, just standing there naked, <laughs> eyes closed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you open your eyes, and standing before you is this cat, black cat, with uh, white fur on its face that gives the illusion of a handlebar mustache. Hello? And it's, it's actually sitting there, uh, just looking at you. Hello again, my old friend. And he says, uh, Oh, hey there, Yon Yon. Reckoned you were about to wake, uh, brought you a welcome home present here. And you see, uh, he's got two dead mice. You know, Binks, you always provide me with just what I need. Yeah, that's what I was figuring. I reckoned you were, uh, moving along on your path there to ascertain the line between life and death as such. And, uh... Just figured I'd help out an old friend. So while we were on this adventure, I found this, these dwarfs that were basically zombies. And I took some of their blood. And I was wondering if it would actually bring something back to life. Would you like to see if it will work on one of these rats with me? Well, I was going to go to a dinner party, but this sounds a little bit more fascinating. Okay, well, let's give it a shot, my friend. And he'll pull out like a little, like, I don't know, like a tiny beaker... Uh-huh. Or like a tiny little baster and like put it in the rat's mouth and just kind of wait. It's, it's just a tiny little mouse. Yeah, yeah. a tiny little mouse or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Is anything going to happen from this? You tell me. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Do you like, does it come back? I don't know. I guess like, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you had a spell or something. <laughs> no, no, no. He's just trying to see if this like blood that he took from like if the, if like if it would actually bring it back to life like if this blood would have some sort of reaction. The, the, with, like, the him, zombie blood? Yeah, like because they were like poisoned, I guess. Like would he... He's trying to see if this was what caused, like, okay, like if it will, like, transfer over, I guess. Okay, yeah. So you pour the little bit of zombie blood on it, and you and Binks look at it, and then he looks up at you with that like <laughs> squinty, judgy face that cats have. Says, "Well, that didn't seem that 
exciting. Yeah, it was kind of a long shot, but I thought that would try. <laughs> yeah, nothing happens. Yeah. Uh, he says, well, I'm going to mosey on down the trail, but uh, by the by, you uh, fixing to answer the door, or uh, are you just going to let that infernal knocking continue ad infinitum? I didn't hear any knocking. And yeah, at that, you hear a pounding knock at the door. I'll start making my way up the stairs. I'll, I'll, I'll see you later, Binks, I guess. There's someone here to see me. Yeah, and the pounding is relentless and desperate sounding. And that's going to do it for this week. So, Sheriff Sepp seems to know more about the characters than they may be comfortable with. It hasn't hurt them yet, but will it bite them in the ass in the future? And what the hell happened to the bard Koskohava? Is he dead? If so, who killed him? And where's his body? If not, who tried to kill him and why? And what's with these mechanical dragonfly things that Biggle found? And just how powerful is the Numos harp anyway? And who is desperately knocking at the door of our heroes in the middle of the night. To find out, join us for our next season, which we are calling The Future Criminals. I am incredibly jazzed for this season. Um, not to not to spoil anything, but I, I did read a lot of Shakespeare in preparation for this season. And, uh, and among other things, this season has some of my favorite NPCs so far. So, uh, so get stoked. Episode one is just around the corner. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, you can reach out to us at Dice Boys Podcast, and that's boys with a Z at gmail.com, or you can find us on social find us on social media on Instagram. Um, I don't have Instagram, but some of you might, and you can look up Dice Boys Podcast on there. Uh, always love hearing from people. Really, really love hearing from you guys. Um, also, if you get a moment, leave us a review. We always appreciate it, and and thanks to everyone who's done so already. I also want to say thanks to Beach Party for letting us use their song Carelessly Defined off their album Broken Machine. I also want to send out a special thank you to Jared the Jam Master Kessler, our seventh member of Dice Boys, who brings his chill vibes to every episode with amazing musical compositions and post-production work. So thanks, Jared. And as always, thanks to you all for hanging in hanging out and just being here with us stay strong stay chill always be creating and remember the right play is the fun play